Welcome to the Rise Method podcast, where we make fitness information available to everyone. I'm Steve. Let's jump in. What's up, guys? Coach Steve here, and welcome back to another episode of the Rise Method podcast. Today, I'm joined with our resident human, Laura. Laura, how are we doing today? Pretty good today. Pretty good today? Thanks for having me back. Yes, yes, we are back. We're back online, and we missed out last week. We missed out on a podcast last week because we had a wild 15-minute storm in Melbourne, which wild Melbourne. wild Melbourne weather, which caused us to lose power for a few days. Which us was, and about five hundred other thousand other people. Five hundred comma thousand. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it was a bit of a, a wild time here in in Melbourne, and with lots of folks who lost power for for days. We only lost it for about a day and a half or so. Lots of other folks who lost cellular reception. So no mobiles as well. I think that would be really daunting, you know, really isolating. Like imagine you just didn't have any power or any like data or any way to call someone. You just kind of be like, yeah, really isolated, you know, it would be scary. Yeah. So you're trying to get some like information about stuff and especially in a world with almost too much information out there, like when you're not able to get your fix of information and don't know what's going on, you're kind of like, oh, well, well now what? You know? Go through the tech withdrawals. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a forced withdrawal. Literally. Yeah. Kind of like a crazy, like caffeine withdrawal when you don't have. Mm, but we are glad we have it all back. Yes. Wi Fi is back. We can call and we can cook dinner. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So we kind of had to, you know, survive the power outage out in the barren of wilderness. Survive <laughs> the power outage. We survived. We survived. But, you know, we had to navigate the challenges that come with like the power being out. You know, we had to clear out our fridge and, you know, what are we going to do for dinner? What are we going to feed the boys? Like, how are we going to get them to sleep? Or how are we going to bath them and shower them? And, you know, the important thing, like, how am I going to train? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so navigating those spaces, you know, we, we had to prioritize, right? Priority one was, you know, we have to get through the day, right? And get through the next day until the power kind of comes back on. And the point of this is that, you know, life throws curveballs at you. Could be the power's out. Could be that you, you know, injure yourself. You break a leg. You, you you lose your job. You need to move out. Your car breaks down. Whatever it is, like a curveball gets thrown at you, and sometimes that means that you miss out on a training session. Sometimes that means that you miss out on a planned meal, or you have to go slightly off track in your your strategy or your goals. But the important thing is that you don't beat yourself up if you needed to reprioritize things in life. So I chose not to train throughout that power period and i could have trained you know we've got a garage that's where the gym is it's just literally over there but you know i was being a little bit precious and i didn't want to go and have a cold shower after i trained you know, sweaty, <laughs> you're very sweaty right? <laughs> but it probably wasn't a good time to train you know it was a little bit of a stressful period probably wasn't in the right headspace to go and train so i decided hey i'm not going to train today i'll just train when the power comes back on and that's what i did once the power came back on that's when i went and trained and it was business as usual after that so if you're in a position where, you know, power goes out, car breaks down, you, you injure yourself, whatever it is, you get to decide on how you respond. And priority one should be just to make sure you survive through that period, of course. And then the next step will be how you're going to get yourself back on track, mm-hmm. right? What steps are you going to take? And the real question is how long is it going to take you to get back on track? You can choose to either do it instantly or you can take, you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years before you decide to get back on track because of a, a, a black swan event, you know, something that you didn't expect come up. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Look, today I want to talk a little bit about the environment. I want to talk a little bit about environment, not so much the 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 environment being, uh, you know, go green and go electricity, but the environment being our immediate environment and our, our kind of mic- 
micro and macro environment, the spaces that we spend our days in and the power that that has over our life, the power it has over our decisions and the power that it has over our fitness. Okay. Because we really are a product of our environments. So if we were wanting to make a big change in our life, the easiest way to do that is to literally change your environment, change the location that you're in, change like your, your day-to-day people you interact with, the spaces that you're in. And you'll find that your behavior starts to change, your habits start to change, your personality starts to change, the, the language you use starts to change. So the environment is really powerful. Okay. And you have the power. And you have a power to change your environment if you choose to. So let me give you an example. So I was in the the best shape of my life and the fittest state of my life when I was in my early 20s, right? And if anything, back then, I was less knowledgeable than I am now. I knew fewer things. I understood less things. But I was able to live a lifestyle where I was able to stay really fit, really in shape, and be really active, okay? And let's break that down. So what was my lifestyle? I lived in a share house with a good friend of mine who was also a personal trainer. We kept each other really accountable to a point where we were almost competitive of who was eating better, who was training harder. We ran our businesses out of our garage because we had a gym set up in the garage. So he ran his business, I ran my business. So we didn't have to travel very far. He had a little dog. So we would go and walk the dog, Bell. Bell was the dog's name. We'd go and walk the dog a few times a day. I was still at uni, so I had no responsibilities other than getting my coursework done. I could sleep in as long as I wanted to. I can go to bed as early as I wanted to. And I just worked casually on the side as a PT and then also at a, at a rec center as a lifeguard junior manager type five. The point of the story is that that lifestyle made it really, really easy for me to do fitness, right? I could train whenever I want to. I had no responsibilities. I can just go to the garage and train sometimes a few times a day. I can get my steps up as much as we want because both my buddy and I, we lived in a space where we you know, had a lot of free time. We could just go for a walk, get our steps up, and we're really competitive about that, and we were super um, accountable. And imagine the, the bachelor pad that we lived in. We didn't have a TV. We had one couch. We had a mirror set up in our living room, which was angled at our quads, and we called it the quads mirror, right? <laughs> this is before your time, babe. Yeah, yeah I was going to yeah. say this when you were single. Our, our fridge was basically barren and empty other than just vegetables and, like, cooked chicken, right? Uh, so our, our environment basically fostered all a, chopped up in your little container. It was all pre-prepped <laughs> for us, right? So we had this environment where it was super easy to stay in shape, right? Were you similar in your 20s? No. No? Maybe not barren uh, quads mirror in your living room and chopped chicken in the fridge, but it was easier to live a fit lifestyle then than it is now. Oh, it was definitely easier, but I also went out a lot more. Yeah. Like, yeah, and that's dancing. That's fine. That, <laughs> that's a different lifestyle, right? Yeah. But if you think more broadly, you know, you were able to, you know, prepare meals whenever you wanted to, or to be able to go and train whenever you wanted to, or yeah. even just the idea of going out, you know, you're getting your steps up in doing things like that can be a, a physical activity, right? Yeah. I went to Pilates a good, like, you know, four or five times a week. And now, yeah, it's a lot more challenging. Yeah. kids and responsibilities and just being tired yeah and now i guess we have are living in a different 
environments than what we were like 10 years ago, where it is more challenging to do things like go and exercise, more challenging to do things like get sleep in and to not stress about things um, and to look after yourself and to do just broad visual activity, get your steps in and things. So, priorities change, lifestyles change, environments change, right? And you are a product of the environment that you are in, okay? And here's a few examples. So, number one, in the Vietnam War. Oh, wow. Okay. We're flashing right back. Flashing right back. Vietnam War, Americans in Vietnam, in the, the horrors and the troubles of living in Vietnam during the, that war period, um, Americans, there's a very large portion, tens of thousands of, of folks there started being addicted to meth. Right. Okay. In this Vietnam. took a turn. In, in a turn. Yeah, you go. Okay. W- w- watch me bring it back. Okay. To, to fitness. Okay. So, addicted to meth, and there was a big concern about bringing the troops home back to America about an influx of an epidemic of, of meth addicts, right? But what they found was once they took these soldiers, Americans, out of the Vietnam War and brought them back into the environments that they were in, vast majority of them, 80-90% of them, just stopped taking meth because it was a different environment and didn't continue that habit, right? So what this suggests is that when we, in a new environment, like let's say going to a war place, and it was easily accessible to take meth, you know, we would do that behavior. But then once we leave that environment and go back to our previous environment where it, it was uh, less traumatic and less accessible to get meth, uh, we are in that environment that changes our behaviors so we're not addicted to it anymore. Okay. So imagine this like going back to the family home. So you may have moved out of home and you go back and you see your parents, right? You either A, live a healthy lifestyle, then you're, you're family home is different all the way around. Like you don't live a healthy lifestyle, but your parents might do. So when you go back to the old environment, go back to the family home, either for a visit or a short stay, you revert back to previous like positions or previous behaviors and previous routines that you may have, right? For example, like when I go back to the family home, go go see my mom, there's that power play of mom trying to be mom Mm -hmm. and me being a, the, the, son that she wants to look after me so it's always like oh do you want food he's food he's food and before i know it i've got plates of food in front of me and snacks and stuff and i'm a big eater and i've always been a big eater whereas now you know i might be watching a little bit about what i'm choosing to eat and stuff but at home it's a very different dynamic where it's like oh yeah you've got to be fed you know i'm looking after you so it's very quickly to revert back into that environment of well yeah i'm here you're feeding me i'm going to eat because that's just what we do and you may choose to go to your your parents place and the first thing you do is you just go to snack so you open up the cupboard and you're like oh yeah just i snack because my parents always have snacks that's what i do when i'm at home right so sometimes when we go into new environments or different environments we almost become a different like personality or a different type of person because we fit a role that we were previously in where we are now in a different environment, let's say our house environment, mm-hmm. we behave different ways to when we go to other places, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. yep. Do you relate to something like this? Yeah, I feel the same way when I go back home, absolutely. And I feel definitely a shift of my behavior now than what I did when I was in my 20s, I mean, especially with kids and becoming a mom and mom life. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Another example I have, is when I was in my early, early 20s, uh, I spent a long time backpacking overseas, mm. right? And you can imagine 
Coach Steve backpack on, just gallivanting over in Europe or wherever. And most of the times when you're living in hostels, the only thing to do really in the evening is to drink. Yeah. Right? And in parts of Europe, it's it's really cheap too, mm-hmm. right? So while I was overseas, every night or every other night, I was drinking, right? And it became like a norm because I was just living in, in hostels and everybody would just be congregating and, and drinking together mm-hmm. in the evenings. So, you know, there was a concern that once I come back home, like, oh, am I going to be just continuing drinking, right? But once I shifted from this backpacking environment, meeting new people and socializing and, and being in the space of a hostel where people were just drinking is what people did, coming back home into like the family home or into the share houses, I just kind of became a new person. So changing my physical environment or changing what I was doing made me become just a different person. So if you're having a really hard time making that change in your life, maybe you want to lose weight, get fit, you know, become a moving into a certain like career or becoming a new person yourself, sometimes you need to physically like upheave and move. And that can be really challenging, really hard. Yeah. And sometimes it can work in our favor. Sometimes it works against our favor. Like if you move into an environment that is supportive of different behaviors yeah that could be a little bit of a give and a take but it's about you know changing our physical environment or changing or modifying the environment that we're in so that it can support these new habits that we're looking for okay so when we're trying to make a change it often comes with you know habits and behaviors and for example you know you want to stop drinking or you want to eat less chocolate or you want to eat more fruits and vegetables and you might be living in a home environment, a family environment that isn't as supportive of that change, right? So if I was living in my family house, you know, like teenage Steve in my family environment, and I wanted to have a little bit of a fitness revolution, it would be really hard because there's lots of sweets and chocolates and sodas and stuff in the house that makes it really challenging. And being a teenager where the power dynamic of, you know, mom cooking my my food uh, or the food for the house, if I was to then go and say, I want to cook my own food, that'd be really tough and you might be in a similar situation at home you know you may be with your family and you want to have different meals or try to change the meals of the family to support your fitness goals it's challenging it's hard some of us would approach that change with just brunt force with like you know a little bit of like aggression almost being like yeah i'm going to fight against this and force the change right and what i mean is that Let's say in your family home, there's a bowl of chocolate and you're saying, I'm not going to eat chocolate. So you, every time you walk past that bowl of chocolate, you're like, no, nah, I'm going to be strong-willed. I have a lot of willpower, a lot of discipline, a lot of determination and, and fight it with a little bit of like inside aggression to not have that chocolate bar, right? But the problem with that is that our willpower is a finite resource, okay? So there's only so long you can hold out before you give into that chocolate, especially if you're thinking about it all day. And it... Your willpower, your discipline, your determination can be broken down by other lifestyle events. So if you are having a really stressful day at work, maybe a poor sleep, just fatigued, tired, any other stresses in your life, your willpower slowly gets diminished and broken down to a point where you you would give in. So sometimes fighting the environment is all that we have. And other times we would need to modify the environment so that it is harder for us to make those those choices. Okay. Let's talk about what you can do. Now, the the game here about changing our environment is to think about friction. So making things harder to do or making things easier to do. 
creating barriers and removing barriers to do activities that we want to do. So for example, if you don't want to eat chocolate and you have a chocolate bowl sitting on the dining table or kitchen table, that's just where it lives, the best thing to do is to make it harder to have that chocolate, like put it in the cupboard or put it in another room or put it out of sight. Out yeah. of sight, out of mind. Exactly. That, that, that really is what it is. So you want to make it harder to do that activity. You want to create a barrier, create friction to do that task. For example, here in the family home, I can't have hummus in the house. No, we cannot have hummus. No. Because, or no one else can have hummus. Or nobody has hummus, <laughs> right? Because if there's hummus in the fridge, if we get gifted it or whatever, I will get a spoon and I'll eat it. And I, I have very little willpower to, to stop that, mm-hmm. right? Same with like yogurts. Like I have a very small willpower to not eat that food. So for me to make that activity harder, we don't have it in the house. I don't tell myself that I'm not allowed to have that because I do enjoy it. But if I wanted it, I have to physically get the car keys, go and drive to the supermarket, buy the hummus, come home and then eat it. So make it harder to do that activity. So maybe you have a kryptonite food where, you know, you can't control yourself or you don't have the willpower to control yourself with that certain food, make it harder to have that food, right? Or if there's a certain behavior that you don't want to do, like, for example, if you get stuck in the Netflix doom scroll or the, you know, TikTok, Instagram reel scroll and you get stuck there for hours on end and before you know it, the whole evening's done when you could have just gone and exercise or something. If you know that once you have dinner, as soon as you sit down on the couch, that's what triggers that behavior to, you know, sit and watch Netflix or TV, play video games, scroll through your phone or whatever, you can make that activity harder. So going back to my bachelor pad days in my early 20s, we didn't have a TV. So that activity was just non-existent. What do we have? We had a quads mirror. <laughs> How did you not have a TV? You didn't have a TV. We have a TV unit, not a TV. I think we eventually got a TV, but didn't have it plugged in. It was sitting on the floor. Amazing. Yeah. So what we would do is if we were bored, we had a quads mirror. So it would be it would be there standing in front of the mirror, flexing our quads at each other, and then it eventually lead to us going to training or something like that, right? Because it's just what we did. Right? We were really cool. Yeah. 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 Shout out to James. Shout out to James. Yeah. So we want to make things that we don't want to do harder. And then on the other side, we want to make things that we do want to do easier. Okay. So for example, food, if you want to eat more fruits and vegetables, First step is to have them in the house. Second step to make it even easier is to prepare those fruits and vegetables. So how many times do you buy vegetables that just live in the fridge and then just go go bad? The crisper veggies. Yep, yeah. Yeah. It's like the little little literally coffin of death. But if you went through a habit of every time you went shopping, you did the shop and chop, where you went shopping and then you prepared the food and you chopped it up and you put it in containers or whatever, so that when you go to have a snack, you open the fridge, and it's like, oh, well, I've got chopped up carrots and celery and, you know, prepared lettuce and pre-made salads and, you know, roasted vegetables, everything just there. It's very easy to eat those foods rather than going, oh, well, there's a bag of carrots, I've got to cook them, and it's a capsicum uh, and a tomato, what am I going to do with this? Let's just order Uber Eats or whatever you do. So, it make it easier to do those activities. Around training side of things, if you want to make it easier, let's say you want to get more steps in throughout the day. You could do things like put your shoes at the front door and maybe a jacket at the front door. So when you decide, yep, I want to go and get some steps in, all right, come on, let's, let's all get our, get our steps in. Instead of it being a big battle to try to get the kids ready because that's a, a mission. That's such a battle. We can just kind of go, all right, kids are ready. We're ready. Why? Because all the shoes are at the front door. Let's just all of us go to the front door, put our shoes on, and then everybody's out the door, right? So it's making it an easier process. If you want to make it easier to go and train, you could make 
all your gym stuff in one spot. So maybe you have a gym bag that lives in a gym bag corner and your gym clothes, which lives in the gym bag clothes corner and your gym shoes, which live in the gym shoes corner. It's all in the same spot. So when you say, yep, I want to go and train, you go to that one spot, you get ready and then you're out the door and you're going to go to train or keep in your car, right? It's making it really easy to do those activities, right? Can you think of any other ones? No, it's all I can think of right now. Exercising for food. Yeah. So if you take the fitness out of the conversation and replace it with another activity, let's say you want to study, you want to learn a new language, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like what steps could you take to make it harder to get distracted so you can focus and easier to do the activity? So, for example, if you had like a, a desk or a, a dining table or something similar and in the evenings you wanted to make sure you study – you could remove some distractions, so you're not going to get distracted from that, and then have all that information easily available. So you're removing the friction to do that task and then reducing the friction and then creating barriers to make it harder to do other things, right? So when it's in the evening and you're kind of just dawdling around, you've done everything towards the evening, you're just going to get funneled towards this activity of, okay, I'm going to sit down and learn Italian or whatever language you choose to learn, right? So in closing, mm-hmm. I think that you can choose to like toughen up and lean on your willpower, lean on your discipline and use a bit of aggression and push through the the hard times, the tough times when you're trying to make a change. And you could get some great results. You know, you do it for a month, six weeks, 12 weeks, you do it for the challenge. You could get some really amazing results. But the question is always there of how long will it last? You know, how long are you going to like fight that uphill battle when eventually that ball is going to come rolling down the hill and you're going to revert back to your previous behaviors because your environment supports that previous behavior. Yeah, is it a sustainable method? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Right. Where if you want to make it more sustainable, it might be easier to modify or change your environment. So if you were to change the environment of the physical environment, making it easier to do certain things, harder to do certain things, maybe having that tough conversation with the people you live with, the people that you work with, the the spaces that you frequent throughout the day, having that tough conversation might result in a change. So for example, at your place of work, if it's normal to have morning teas where there's cake and sweets and stuff or pizza parties or whatever it is, if you were to have that tough conversation and say, hey, can we have a you know a fruit platter party or something, right? Making those shifts can change the environment where saying, hey, for morning tea, instead of having some cake, we just ate some watermelon and you're still in that social environment at work for whatever things are going on making it easier to do those behaviors, right? So sometimes it's changing physical environments, sometimes it's having a tough conversation, and sometimes it's making that decision to kind of uproot a little bit and then physically move to another location. So if you are maybe living in the family home, sometimes you would benefit from just simply moving, you know, 10 minutes away or half an hour away or the other side of the city, right? So you're physically moving location so that you can kind of start a new, start fresh. Right. Again, can be really challenging, but a really powerful way if you really want to make a, a big change. So that's it, folks. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Rise Method podcast, and we'll catch you next week for another one. See you next week.